Episode 158, five questions to ask your employees so they don't leave. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Jason Jennings. Jason, great to see you. Uh, Great to see you, and we try not to date our podcast, but nonetheless, Happy New Year, Professor Dixon. (laughs) Now, what, now what, now what is this all about? Well, it's adjunct. So, um, but uh, local university contacted me and asked if I would teach a class on communication and public relations a couple times a week. And uh, I had the first class of the semester today. So uh, an amazing group of students who uh, they're upper level, seniors, juniors, a few countries represented, and they are passionate about communication and want to get better. So it's an exciting time. We're using uh, the book Sweating Bullets as the basis for the class. Yes. And we're having a good time. Wow. How many students in the class? Uh, well, it's an upper level class. So yes. there were a total of seven students in the class today. Yes. Yes. And they're and what, all and, and which, backgrounds. And which nationalities represented? Uh, China. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, congratulations. I, I think so that's we're great. having fun. I think Thank that's you great. very much. All yeah. right. We've got some good stuff today. I was going to say, so um, give us a little bit of background. We're going to talk through these five questions to ask to keep your employees engaged. And we all, we've, all you have to do is go back and listen to a couple of podcasts. And you know, we have talked about how disengaged this workforce is. So I'm sure people are on the edge of their seat. Let's dive right in. Yeah. And I don't think that this will help. Well, this will most certainly help them be engaged. But I I think it's bigger than that. Uh, And I've got some math to prove it. I think there are five questions that you can ask so your people don't leave you. Uh, But but, so how real are people leaving? Well, as we've talked about before, uh, 51% of all of your employees, including yours, plan on leaving their job. 33% of them plan on leaving within the next 12 months. That's from uh, Mercer Consulting. And listen to this one, IBM, a recent IBM study last year, 40% of all employees are unhappy with their boss. And uh, only half of all employees think their boss values their opinion. Those are, uh, uh, those are an indictment, I, th- I, th- I think, of the way we lead and the way we manage people. So I, I saw an article a couple of weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal that-, that intrigued me. And so I began digging deep. I had some time over the holidays. And here's why people hate their bosses. And this comes from the same research studies at IBM and Mercer. Number one, the biggest reason they hate their boss is poor communication. Number two, it's lack of recognition. Number three, it's because the boss doesn't listen. Number four, it's because the company does not provide any help or any training whatsoever. Now, those are four big things to deal with. So what I came across in the Wall Street Journal uh, was uh, a small story. Some of the little sidebar stories are, are some of the best about a company called Kronos in, uh, in Boston. And uh, they do something very interesting. Every quarter, every employee is asked to rate their boss. Now, this is unlike the 360-degree assessment tool that a lot of companies use. 
but every employee is asked to evaluate the bus. And here are five of the questions. Here are five of the questions that they are asked. I think these are just remarkable. Number one, during the past 90 days, has your manager talked to you about career development? So uh, that's a pretty interesting one. Number two, during the past quarter, has your manager discussed future possibilities with the firm? Number three, have they talked to you about the future that you see for yourself? Number four, have your manager, has your manager talked to you about your long-term goals and ambitions? And number five, has your manager offered to help you achieve what it is you want to achieve? And so what, uh, what Aaron Ain, the CEO of Kronos, came away with, with is he said his conclusion is this. People would rather work in a lousy job for a great boss than they would a great job with a lousy boss. So now here's the math that they've done at Kronos. So if you take all the managers that these questions are being asked about, those, and, and Kronos is a great company, by the way, um, but if you take the lowest bosses, the lowest 25% of the ranked bosses, uh, about two-thirds of their employees plan to stay for another year. Now, that's a pretty good number uh, because it's a great company. But now listen to this. This is where the math gets proven. If you take the top 25% bosses who are ranked in the survey, 96% of their employees plan on being there in another year. So the math is actually rather definitive. And so how hard can it be for a manager to talk to an employee uh, or talk to a direct report about those things, about career development, future possibilities with the firm, uh, the future that they see for themselves, uh, the uh, long-term goals and ambitions, and uh, offering help to help employees or direct reports achieve their ambitions. So I'm suggesting that um, why isn't this applicable to every company? And why doesn't every company uh, just begin doing this? Because I guess maybe some companies don't want to see what the results are uh, because I think the managers would fare very poorly. So hopefully by uh, bringing this to people's awareness or making them aware of this, um, I, I think it's something that's very easy to take on board by any company. Absolutely. So just to reiterate and repeat, 25% of the top ranked bosses yes. had 96% of their employees planning on being with the company for a year. When you look at the the math on the savings, the cost savings, oh. the reduction in turnover, and what gets accomplished in a business when 96% of your employees say they're going to be there a year because they like their workplace, it's off the charts. Uh, exactly. And during the course of my research and, and study over the past couple of weeks for, for uh, having this conversation with you, uh, here are the numbers. When somebody leaves your company, somebody uh, who reports to you leaves, you know what it costs to replace them? Uh, the numbers vary. There are about a dozen different reports out there, uh, but they range from 33% of the annual compensation to 50% of the annual compensation. So if you've got somebody working for you uh, who makes $100,000 a year, it means that you're going to spend, you're going to waste thirty-three dollars to $50,000 just to go through the recruitment, 
the interview process, getting them on board, and getting them up to scratch. Well, when you start, you know, multiplying those numbers across an enterprise, those numbers become huge in terms of lost productivity. So I, I just, I thought the story about Kronos was, uh, it's K-R-O-N-O-S, if you want to go into the archives of the Wall Street Journal and uh, dig up the story. Uh, the company's been widely uh, written about uh, uh, in other business magazines uh, and newspapers as well. So it'd be, it's a great company to look into. Uh, but what I'm hoping you'll do is uh, you'll uh, repeat the five questions for us. Uh, hopefully we've inspired some people to do something about this. Absolutely. But look at the overall theme of those questions. It's not, what have you done for me lately? It's what can we do for you? And what are we doing for you in the terms of career development, uh, moving up within the firm yes. and the you know people's future? So it's very employee directed. It's, and, what's the employee's dream? Right. And as the CEO of Chrono said um, in an inter- another ancillary interview with him that I read, uh, he said, the greatest privilege, uh, this will tell you everything you need to know about somebody. He says the greatest privilege and honor he's ever had in his life is being allowed to lead people. Well, if somebody says those words, I mean, they're revealing their character. And all of a sudden, you can understand why these five questions would be commonplace in an organization like that. Absolutely. So those questions, one more time. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, Has your manager talked to you about your career development? Have they discussed future possibilities within the firm? That's number two. Number three, have they talked to people about the future they see for themselves Number four, they talk to their direct reports about long-term goals and ambitions. And number five, have they offered to help direct reports achieve what they want to achieve? And what I will add to that is this. We, things that are inspected are respected within an organization. Therefore, It's not enough to say, well, I heard this podcast with Dale Dixon and Jason Jennings, and they came up with some good things I should be doing, but you're not going to do anything about it. I mean, everything that's important to us, we measure. And so the only way that you can measure whether or not your managers or you are up to scratch is once a quarter, I mean, ask your direct reports to anonymously respond to those five questions. And then follow up to be sure the managers are asking the questions. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what it's going to be like. I mean, as, as soon as this is done the first time within a, a, an organization or a division or a company or a small business, and the owner or the boss or the leader looks at the numbers, it's going to be like a huge slap in the face. It's going to be the wake-up call, I mean, that people really need. One of the things I've talked to you about in the past, I'm sure I've used this line before, You know, my whole life has been about change management, and much of it has been about trying to save companies and help companies achieve their full economic potential. Historically, what I would suggest is this. Uh, Everybody says they love change. They don't, because when change comes knocking on the door, they'll give you any reason or excuse. Let me tell you, let me tell you when companies are, are really ready to change. They're ready to change when there's a new leader. That's one possibility. They're ready to change when they're right on the precipice, about to go over the edge, and all is going to be lost. And the third one is this, and I've used this in my, in my teaching and training and speeches over the years, is this. What you got to do, I'm sorry, Dale, is you have to pick people up by the scruff of the neck, 
you got to open up the door of the blast furnace and you got to hold them close enough to the fires within that their eyelashes and eyebrows get singed. And then all of a sudden people will say, I give, I give, I give, I'm open for change. And uh, so I think that that aha moment can come by doing this one time. So if in your department, I mean, you've got 10 people or 15 people uh, reporting to you, I mean, uh, go on the offensive. Just put together this five-question survey, ask people to respond anonymously, and, uh, and then look at the results. I can promise you it's going to be a look into a blast furnace, and, and you will certainly take something on board and do something about it. So a manager uh, hears this, has caught fire, yes. and the, uh, uh, you know, I love the, the analogy that in order to change, the pain of the status quo has yes. to exceed the pain of changing. But let's say that, that that manager feels the fire, and they say, I'm going to do it. So they ask the five questions. Next step is, which one of your books would best help them continue the journey to being better? Uh, let me let me respond with something I haven't answered before. Okay, I am doing. Uh, I, I, first of all, I think all of them. I, I, I think the reinventors would be a great one. Uh, I think Think Big Act Small would be a great one. Uh, but I'm booked for a speech coming up uh, in about a week, and this is with an incredibly successful company. Uh, it is filled with brilliant people, and when I say brilliant. That's not my judgment. Most of them are physicists, for God's sake. I mean, talk about being out of my league. Most of these people are physicists. And the cult book in that company is Less or More. And mm-hmm. I wrote Less is More like 14 years ago, or it was published about 14, uh, 14 years ago. That's how but, we met. Yeah, That's right. But as the guy who leads the company said, he said, you know what? If somebody hasn't read a book, he said, it's a brand new book. He said, it's a brand new book if you haven't read it. And so everybody in this company uses this book. And it reminds me, there's another company where this is the case. Uh, I have signed more dog-eared copies for people who lead and manage at Boeing than probably any other company. And for many departments and divisions at Boeing, it's it's, it's become like their operating Bible. So uh, if somebody wants a, a good primer, less is more is always a, a great book or pick it up an audio edition or however you want to, uh, however you want to get it. Um, so th- in response to your question, I, I, there'd be a lot of the basics covered there. Uh, otherwise I guess it would be, um, it would probably be the reinventors, I guess. I mean, all the books lead to the same place, hard data, which reveals that great leaders and great managers do their best when their head meets their heart and when there's some compassion put in it. I mean, why do we have these numbers? 51% plan on leaving their job, 33% within the next 12 months, 40% are unhappy with their bosses, and only half of all employees think their boss values their opinion. You know what? It's because we do a bad job of being bosses. <laughs> End of story. Plenty, plenty of employees back that statement up. All right, Jason, thank you so much. You've given us five oh, questions to put into action. Can I say one other thing? Please. I want podcast. I, okay. I want everybody to be listening. I want to tease the next episode. And the next episode, we're going to be talking about listening. We did a podcast, a hundred podcasts ago, I guess about listening. Uh, But for those who heard it and listened to it and got it, it will be a great review. 
for those who haven't heard it or listened to it, it is going to be incredible information for you. And, um, and I'll tell you all about it at the beginning of the next episode, but it's, 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 um, it's, it's going to be good. So, so don't forget to be there. Absolutely. We will put it on the calendar. So great opportunity for you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube right now. If you're listening to this podcast, then be sure to subscribe Subscribe through your favorite podcast listening app. And with that, we'll say Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You can learn how to book Jason for your next leadership event. Go to the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button to learn more. With that, be sure, go out and ask the five questions this week if you manage anyone. Make it a great week. And remember, this is the Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com. Jennings.com.